Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hey, hey, hey. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I'm Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. Have you ever had times when you walked around as if you were in some kind of mental fog? Or someone asked you about something you know quite well, but suddenly find your mind blank and you can't seem to think? Or perhaps you've had a night or two where you found it difficult to fall asleep because your mind was so full of everything from random thoughts to worries about a multitude of things. It may seem like being stuck in a mental gridlock during rush hour. Oh yeah, I know this one well. Could it have been a case of vitamin deficiency or lack of sleep or too much stress? Well, any of them could have played a part sometimes, but one of the most common factors playing a major part in a lot of cases of not being able to think clearly is a congested telepathy ability. So today in our show, we'll look at your telepathy and thinking clearly. We've mentioned telepathy on our shows a few times, but for those of you joining us who haven't heard much about it, we'll start with what telepathy is. Simply put, telepathy is your psychic or soul ability to transmit and receive thoughts. Everyone has within themselves as souls or spiritual beings the ability to transmit and receive thoughts. You could even think of your telepathy as a wireless communication device. It is, really, the original. Actually, those who came up with the idea of transmitting information wirelessly through the atmosphere was actually tuning into their inner thought communication abilities. You know, I think all the technology imitates uh, some level of, some other level of reality. Telepathy works like wireless communication devices, except on a comparatively very high frequency bandwidth. With today's technology, we might use Bluetooth for very short range wireless communications, Wi-Fi for a bit longer and wider field, and a whole host of other technologies developed for longer and wider range of wireless data transfer. Telepathy, on the other hand, works beyond time and space since it is a spirit-based ability, and there is no time or space in spirit. In practical terms, you could get a mental telepathic message the instant it was formed in a person's mind, or pick it up when you come up for air from everything else that was occupying your mind. For example, I've picked up a thought from Michael thinking something like, ooh, make sure you pick up a head of organic cabbage when you're at the grocery store. The instant he thought it, and then a few moments later, receive a text saying the same thing, and I've had times when I was busy with other things, and when I put my attention on next heading to the grocery store, I catch the thought that Michael had sometime earlier that day to remind me to pick up the cabbage. 
Sometimes I would suddenly start thinking about a certain person who I haven't thought of in a while. And while I'm wondering why I was thinking of that person, that person calls me on my phone or I bump into that person in a store. These are fun experiences with telepathy because you can get instant confirmation. But most telepathic messages we pick up every day are less obviously telepathic messages or even just certain people's thoughts, you know, coming out of them. One great example of picking up telepathic thoughts of others is often worries. I find this happens quite frequently. I'd be going along my day without a worry in my head when suddenly I start having some worrying thoughts. Most of the time, it's easy to discern that those worrying thoughts are not mine because I'm not worried about those things. But sometimes the worrying thoughts may be things I worry about from time to time myself. Then I'd have to ask myself, are these my thoughts or am I just picking them up in the telepathic broadband? Of course, some of the times I'm not just randomly picking up some stranger's worries, but someone I know is telepathically messaging me with their fears and concern. It's like someone calling you and starting to talk to you in the middle of a conversation without any prelude. I'm sure each one of you have had that experience. One of the tricky things about telepathy is that thoughts provoke emotions and sensations. So even though the worry might be someone else's and I might not even worry about the same thing, their worry has their fear and doubt in it, which I could feel as intensely as they are feeling it. And fear feels like, well, fear whether it's yours or not. We all know fear very well. So on a day-to-day basis, we all go through a lot of experiences based on our telepathic messaging service. (laughs) Until you learn to become more aware of your telepathic ability, what it is, how it works, and how you experience it, you might, as most people tend to do, Assume that what you're going through is your own experience. It's interesting the correlation between the increasing problems we all seem to have with junk mail in our emails and scam texts and phone calls, those scam phone calls, man, and discerning our own thoughts and other thoughts in our telepathic inboxes. Above and beyond that, once we can discern which are our thoughts and which are not, We still have to decipher some of others' thoughts that are being communicated to us, whether the others are consciously doing so or not. Just because you might know that the thought you received telepathically was clearly from your best friend that she is coming to visit you today, do you know whether she is wanting to drop in to surprise you and she has to let you know that she is planning a visit? Being more psychic may have had the upside down, upside, I'm sorry, the downside of blowing surprise parties others were lovingly preparing for you. Oh, yeah, I've had that happen. I know I've done that on more than one occasion. Or revealing someone's secret that you didn't know was, well, a secret. Or revealing, uh, or sometimes it's a fun experience, but more often than not, it's at least embarrassing and at most damaging to a relationship or even potentially dangerous to your well-being. 
Michael told me a story from the time he was the director of a psychic institute and one of his clairvoyant staff teachers came to him with an unusual question about what to do. This young clairvoyant woman was approached by three very handsome young Italian men in tailor-made suits and donning expensive jewelry and very respectfully asking her if she would go meet them at a nearby fancy restaurant so they might ask her a few questions and offer her what would be a very profitable business proposition. She had certainty that these men would not harm her in any way, and they seemed to be quite respectful of her and financially quite sound and gorgeous. So she decided to go along for at least a free lunch at a restaurant that she couldn't afford lunch, where she couldn't afford lunch. They first asked her several questions about her being psychic and especially clairvoyant. She told Michael that they knew quite a bit about her already and wanted to confirm everything they knew about her. And this was years before the internet or social media or anything like that. Once they seemed satisfied with her answers, they popped their proposition, so-called. They were there to meet her to offer this business proposition for their boss, who was the head of the family. The young woman, as capable as she was as a clairvoyant reader, was known for being innocent and quite naive about the world yet. She assumed that these three handsome, impeccably dressed, and obviously even to her Italian men, were referring to their father, who was the head of their family business. Well... The boss wanted these men to find out if the boss could retain her as his psychic counselor, both for business and personal consultation. She was guaranteed a very nice retainer and more when her information panned out. Fortunately, she told them she would think about their proposal and get back to them. They gave her three days and asked her to meet with them at the same restaurant at a designated date and time to give them her answer, or ask them any other questions she had for them. She then went straight to Michael to tell him the whole story and to ask him what he saw about the deal and whether it would be wise for her to take them up on it. It would certainly help her bank account, that's for sure. Michael couldn't believe it. She was clueless as to who she was talking with, who who she was fraternizing with. These were the head henchmen for the mafia boss. That's the quote-unquote family business they were talking about. He told her he wanted her to run her story by his teacher first and hear his input. Michael's teacher, who also later was my teacher, told her to tell these fine men that she appreciated their interest in her and for such a nice business proposal but that one thing she cannot deviate from in her work is telling the truth as she saw it to whomever asked her. Our teacher advised her to give the men an example of that, such as if their boss asked her a question, she would always tell him the truth as far as she saw it. The men agreed that that would be what their boss would expect of her, even if he didn't like what he heard. Then she told them that if, on the other hand, say the police or FBI asked her some questions about their boss or anything else, she would have to tell them the truth as she saw it. Upon hearing that, the three men had a short discussion and thanked her for her time and consideration, but they would not be needing her services after all. So, 
A great example of a funny, well, somewhat funny, but potentially dangerous situation involving carelessly revealing what you see clairvoyantly, know intuitively, or hear telepathically. There's a lot happening in each person's psychic life all of the time, even if they are not consciously aware of much of that. Yeah, I I do recall that uh, <laughs> clairvoyant teacher on my staff at that time quite well it was it was it was like oh my god you you didn't you didn't see that <laughs> it's like getting in bed with the devil right <laughs> but uh, uh it was a great experience for her and uh she learned a lot from that so even though telepathy is just one of the psychic abilities innate to everyone it's one that's overlooked often. I think it's overlooked a lot, not because people aren't aware of the thoughts that they pick up telepathically all the time or the effect those thoughts have on them, but mainly because they don't realize that they are others' thoughts they are telepathically picking up. Every day, I see people reacting to and acting upon other people's thoughts and feelings that go with those thoughts, most often with unpleasant or at least not so beneficial consequences. Yet as soon as you become more aware of what's happening with your telepathy, you can start to take care of your ability and the space in your mind in which you experience telepathy. Like every other aspect of your life here in this world, you have to take care of it or it falls into disrepair at best and possibly harmful consequences at worst. If you don't take appropriate care of your car, for example, it starts to not run well and eventually wouldn't run at all. The same with your smart devices and computers and home and property and everything. The same goes for your health and the same goes with all of your psychic abilities and your psychic life in general. If your car breaks down, you can't travel easily, quickly, or comfortably. That may compromise your ability to do your work or go see your family and friends. When you don't take appropriate care of your telepathy, for example, the the neglect can show up in your daily life as mental fog, confusion, inability to think clearly, indecision, doubt, anxiety, overwhelm, or even depression. Depression. That's a big one. It would definitely put a crimp on your awareness, especially on a mental level, but also it would affect all levels of your awareness. It could seem like forgetfulness sometimes. It could even be seen as lack of responsibility on your part from the perspective of others if you seem to have spaced it out because telepathically, oh, it just got kind of wiped out. (laughs) It would definitely negatively impact your communication with others, which can lead to damaging your relationships. I just saw a funny TV commercial about what would happen if your wireless carrier service dropped in and out of service during a life-changing discussion on your phone. (laughs) And you might miss the not in your friend or boss asking you to not say what they're telling you to everyone else yet. 
So what you hear is to tell it to everyone. <laughs> a significant difference in the conversation <laughs> that could have damaging consequences. It's happened many times, especially since the phone services have changed. Yeah, and this, this could happen in your <clears throat> telepathic communications in a variety of ways. For example, have you ever had the experience of thinking that you did something wrong in relationship to someone and you just couldn't figure out what it was that you did wrong? You just have this feeling of, you know, I did something wrong, I did something, and you, you have that thought going around in your head. Well, if you ever verbally discussed what you thought were your concerns with that person, you might have discovered that the other person was thinking that about herself in relationship to you. <laughs> this type of miscommunication as a result of telepathic mix-ups are quite pervasive. Another common example would be you thinking that the person you want to talk to doesn't want to talk to you. I had that all of the time as a child growing up. Much later, I discovered that in the majority of cases, it was the other way around. The person I wanted to talk to was thinking that I didn't want to talk to them. Look at all the opportunities for communication and developing relationships that we all missed out on. The good news for me about discovering my telepathic cross-wiring experiences was that as soon as I realized that, I decided not to let those telepathic thoughts discourage me from communicating with those I wish to communicate with. Since then, I have made so many amazing friends and nine out of 10 times or more discovered that the others were glad that I said hello to them first, even if I didn't have a reason to do so, or even if at first they were hesitant to approach me. Well, coming right up is our first break, and this is the time when we like to make some announcements. And, of course, we will have Michael continue after the break with his train of thought. Well, I'd like to invite you, we would like to invite you to join us for our next teleclass this coming Saturday, October 16th from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time. This one happens to be on Taking Care of Your Giving energy work to reset your daily work space. And this is from our You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think series that's open to everyone. When you work, you are sharing of yourself. So it's essential that you take care of your giving by learning to do psychic energy work to reset your workspace regularly. When the energy of your workspace is set up correctly for yourself, your work will not only shine, but you will stay healthier and enjoy it more. For all the details and to sign up, go to our October events calendar section at michaeltamora.com. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-T-A-M as in Mary, U-R-A.com. Or call our office and speak with our fabulous assistant, Noel, at 530-926-2650 during normal business hours, Pacific time, Monday to Friday. In just a bit. We'll continue with your telepathy and thinking clearly. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you love living the miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, 
You'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. <clears throat> With so much to think about these days, the internet isn't the only pathway that gets jammed up with everyone's thoughts. Your telepathy space can get really congested and confusing too. So let's go further with our discussion, your telepathy and thinking clearly. Michael. Yeah, before the break, I was talking about um, telepathic uh, crosswiring. <laughs> you know, when, when we are not aware that that not every thought that we have in our head <laughs> is ours. In fact, as you start to become more and more aware, you'll start to notice that most of the thoughts you have in your head are not yours. <laughs> and that's, that's a hard one for a lot of people when they're first starting to become much more aware of their psychic awareness and abilities, and especially in the realm of telepathy is because everybody's used to thinking a lot. You know, we're, we're in a society that thinks a lot. <laughs> and whether, whether a person talks about what they're thinking about or not, they're thinking. And then as most people, you know, you observe them and they're listening to someone else talk and they're, they're b- too busy thinking that they don't hear half the stuff that the other person's saying. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Yet the thing is, how much of what people think that they're thinking, that they're thinking, you know, their own thoughts, are not theirs, but they're just picking it up on a telepathic level. It's very much, it'll be similar to, you know, these days, especially young people will have their, their uh, smartphones, and, and they're constantly texting or reading, you know, posts on on. Uh, uh, social, social sites and whatnot and, and messaging and all that stuff going on all the time. So their attention span is very, very short. Yeah. 
and and they're constantly flipping from one text message to another messaging thing and and to this post and that picture and this video mm-hmm. and everything else while they're maybe doing <laughs> uh, having a conversation or or watching the watching a show or whatever else they're doing and but the thing is about that when you when you see that or perhaps you you do that too <clears throat> notice that's happening on a psychic level all the time. Ah. So then, do you get affected by the tremendous uh, cross traffic of thoughts just going by like nobody's business? And even just in, there's, there's thoughts that are telepathically directed to you personally. Right. For example, uh, your your best friend is thinking about you, and that friend might not be thinking that she or he is, you know, telepathic, but they're thinking, "Oh, yeah, I, I gotta call that person. I gotta call my friend. I gotta call my friend. I gotta call my friend," and they don't realize that they're sending that message to you telepathically, and it's not going to other people. It's going to you. And so you're on the other end, and especially if you're not aware that you're very telepathic and you're being on the receiving end of other people's thoughts, you might all of a sudden start to go, oh, I got to call this friend. I got to call this friend. I have to call this friend. It's, it's amazing. Uh, Raphael comes from a really telepathic family, very telepathic. I mean, so telepathic, it's loud. <laughs> I had to learn to control that, actually. <laughs> and so for when, when her mother was alive and many, many years ago, uh, her mom had the habit of not being the one to initiate the phone call. So what she would do is she would be thinking, uh, Raphael, you know, call me. Call me. You have to call your mother. You have to call your mother. You have to call your mother. And then early days, you know, before Raphael became aware of it, she said she just all of a sudden started to call her mother. And then uh, then she realized, wait a minute. <laughs> I could actually hear it yeah, once she, I started getting my training. She started to be able to hear her, her mother's thought. How can you tell it's her mother's thought? Well, it sounds like her mother. <laughs> Even in thought, you, you have a particular energy signature, right? And voice. And a voice. Yeah. And so she's hearing her mother's, in her mother's voice thought in her mind, uh, you know, you have to call. You have to call me. You have to call me. <laughs> and so, of course, then she's. She got into a lot of amusement of, okay, yeah, that's my mom's uh, MO. <laughs> and so it's, I guess it's time to call her again. But then she could schedule her call whenever, and it's not the sudden thing of, I got to call her now type of a thing, uh, <laughs> thinking that she, Raphael, uh, had to call her. No, it was just, uh, you still you have to choice. This is one of the things with telepathy is if you don't become aware of, Whose thoughts and what kind of thoughts and, you know, is this something you need to respond to? Is there something that you just need to let it just pass through like it's just noise uh, or like junk mail? Because there's that too. There's there's tele- telepathic scamming. <laughs> <laughs> and there's telepathic junk. Yeah, and there's lots and lots and lots of telepathic junk as insofar as the world is full of people thinking all the time. 
And right in the ethers, if you will, are just so much thought going on. And especially during this last year and a half or more of the pandemic where people are on edge, you know, and and uh, there's a lot of like Rafi, I was saying earlier, there's a lot of fear and the fear provokes fearful thoughts and doubts and worries and anxiety, anxious thoughts and all of those kinds of things. So that's practically, you know, every morning I wake up to that in the air. It's it's so much of it going on. I called it the collective scream that went up and continued to go up with the encouragement of the false uh, postings on many of the social sites, the collective scream during the pandemic, especially. Yeah, it's and it's, you know... <clears throat> People tend to capitalize on that and, and scandalize it and dramatize it and everything. So it just keeps on feeding the feeding the fire. So then it like in Raphael's personal experience of, you know, it's getting louder and louder. Well, when there's a collective scream or collective thoughts that's just going on and on and on and on, even those who are not necessarily that sensitive to their telepathy, you know, everybody has it, but some people are not as, you know, sensitive to it. That doesn't get as quite as affected. But pretty much if you're not aware of it and that's not like, uh, what, what's that saying of, you know, uh, if, if, you, if you don't notice it, you know, it's not going to bother you. No, in this case, People who are not so sensitive to it, not aware of it, they're affected by it too. How do they experience the effect of, of over te telepathic overload? Oh, the thing that Raphael started with for the show, the, the mental fog, the yeah. heaviness. You know, when your head is kind of heavy, like, oh, we, we have the saying, uh, oh, I feel lightheaded, like you're going to faint. It's not like that, but the heaviness is like, Bleh. and the thoughts got heavy, and you, and you find that it's hard to think clearly. It's, mm, I don't know, well, I, I don't know, well, ah, yeah, I, I can't even think. How often have you experienced something like that where you just go, I, I, I can't even think. I, don't ask me those questions. I, I can't even answer it right now. What's going on? Oh, your head, so to speak, that thinking space in you is clogged up. There's a traffic jam of noise. And, and when it's so full, you don't hear the noise. You don't hear the individual thoughts. It's just like, and, and it gets thick in there. So you, your thoughts can't process. Ah, oh, that's that's a not a good thing. <laughs> it, it's it's not just that you can't think straight, but if you're not if your mental uh, space is not processing all the thoughts, then you start to it, it starts to compromise your ability to make a make a wise decision uh, to think things out clearly, all those kinds of things, and especially on the creative end of creative thinking. Uh-huh. Notice the difference between creative thinking. Creative thinking is original. It's, it's not some thought that just pops up in your mind randomly. No. Creative thinking is you, you're looking at a particular whatever. It could be a particular problem 
or or a, a creative project you're going to start or you're you're a writer and you're deciding okay what do i write about next that's you start to think on a creative level of t- bringing about original thoughts that that you didn't have before that's not that's a completely different space than just picking up random thoughts from people or even picking up somewhat creative thoughts from other people no it it, it doesn't it doesn't jive it doesn't make a a whole lot of sense to you because those thoughts don't belong to you but when you're creatively thinking oh they make a lot of sense you're you're deliberately consciously deciding to think about certain things and how you're going to think about them and and it's it's very creative process now that type of thinking isn't the same as intellectualizing everything that's not the type of thinking that's on a fear level of of uh, uh, worrying and doubting and and being anxious you know whether this is going to happen or not going to happen or or did i do this or <laughs> did i make a real bad mistake you know just all those kinds of worries and things like that Th- those are not creative thinking they do create but they don't create anything you'd like to really create <laughs> so it's not on a conscious level it's on a reactionary level right it just pops up in your mind instead of instead of you deliberately going oh yeah this is what i'd like to think and and this is yes yeah, this will be a great idea let's let's work on this it's not like that so that's one of the ways to to find out oh yeah is this just telepathy at work where i'm picking up on either random thoughts or even personally directed to me thoughts from people I might know, or sometimes it's especially if you're these days on social sites, you know, people you never met, you never meet, and don't know who they are, know you by at least picture or or name or something, and they might start to think about it, think about you because of something you posted. Ah, oh, they're thinking thoughts directed at you. <laughs> But it, it's it's not like it's coming from a, a person you know. So it's uh, and that's what happens a lot to uh, celebrities. Millions of people thinking about them and thinking toward them and even having conversations in their head with them on a fantasy level or whatever. And if you're pretty telepathic and sensitive to that, you start to hear all that. And when you start to know all those thoughts in your head. And it, you don't know that they're coming from all kinds of random people that you don't even know. It can drive you crazy. It can drive you, you know, to like being totally stressed out, overwhelmed. Or even, especially if you feel like the problems in your head, the problematic thoughts in your head is are stuff that you have to solve, you have to deal with. No, the only thing you have to deal with is recognizing that they're not yours. Right. So so you just have to let that go. Yes. I'd like to talk a little bit about um, broadband telepathy and narrowband telepathy. Narrowband telepathy is the kind of telepathy that um, I talked about in the beginning of the show. Uh, For instance, when Michael thinks something like, uh, please pick up some organic cabbage and he does it intentionally (laughs) 
And what's really nice about Michael's telepathy uh, over the many years we've been together, 34 and a half years or something like that. Really? A long time. I'm that old? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, is that when he has a telepathic communication for me, it's clean and it's clear and he doesn't climb into my head. So it's really important when you're wanting to telepath a person a message to not go and climb into their head and mm-hmm. scream that telepathic message because usually that will give someone a headache and they won't hear the message. Exactly. It's like it's it's like the difference between, you know, if you're in a very noisy atmosphere and uh, such as a rock band going on and someone comes to your ear to tell you something and they shout because they think they have to go over the band. And um, I learned this from working for bands for a lot of years in my earlier life. What you actually do is you go up to that person's ear and you speak in a normal tone of voice, um, even though the band may, may be 90 or 120 decibels. You don't scream over the band. You just speak in a normal tone of voice. <clears throat> and the same thing works with neuro t- telepathy. Neuroband telepathy is you, when you're wanting to send that person a telepathic message you do it from the center of your own head, and you don't climb into that other person's space. Now, broadband telepathy, on the other hand, has a, a lot of different functions. One would be uh, one experience I have, for instance, when I'm going to an airport, is that um, I usually get pressure in my head because there's so much telepathy, I'm already tuned into it. So I have to be very careful not to overly tune into to the people in the airport, and it usually gets worse when I get there. And then once I'm on the plane, the numbers are down to, what, 200 or so in the airplane, and it's a lot better. So that's one level of, of um, broadband telepathy. But another is when I'm speaking in front of a group or even when we're speaking to all of you. Uh, we can tell some of you are really strongly tuned into us, and but we're broadcasting, you know, not only physically – to a large group of people, but also telepathically. So you're listening to us that way. Yeah, too. so it's not just the internet broadband. We're we're broadcasting on the telepathic broadband. That's right. Well, I have to interrupt myself here because our second break is coming up. Um, and I wanted to remind you that you can call our office to purchase any of our edited and mastered teleclasses, courses, all-day seminars, and retreats as mp3 downloads to inspire you and to give you simple but powerful tools you can apply in your daily life and to help you manage its various challenges as you grow spiritually you can find many of the titles and descriptions by clicking on the download audio tab in the events menu section of our website michaeltamora.com or by calling our office at 15309262650 When we return, we'll continue with your telepathy and thinking clearly. See you in a couple of minutes. Thank you. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. 
the best book ever. Transformational, incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational, a must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. If you love Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Wonderful to have you back. Since none of us can afford to not think as clearly as we can these days, we'd better resume our exploration of your telepathy and thinking clearly. So before the break, I was talking about the difference between broadband telepathy and narrowband telepathy, and both of them are abilities that everyone has and can tap into and use. Um, Continuing with the broadband telepathy, It's an amazing ability to be able to communicate to a group all at once. You know, some of you have experienced going to see a speaker uh, like Wayne Dyer was like this very charismatic and he, he not only had a great message, but he kind of oozed that same truth and telepathically speaking, if you checked in with his thoughts, it matched the energy that he was bringing forth in his talks. Michael does a very similar thing in his talks. You know, he's right there. The broadband telepathy, anyone can tune into and see that, see and experience that truth through their telepathic channels as well as through what they're hearing with their ears because what they're hearing with their ears still is going to process through their intellectual processes until they understand you don't have to be intellectual necessarily to tune into various psychic abilities and learn the truth of anything. Um, I wanted to switch back to narrowband telepathy because there's an example, a couple of, of examples I like to use of experiences I have had or one was I read about and the other one was one, one that I had very strongly just to uh, show an example of how sometimes you can be the effect of of telepathy, narrowband telepathy, or even get information you need. You know, when you're going to buy a car, you can tell the honesty of your <laughs> salesperson. You know, are they just out to get as much bucks out of you as they can, or are they really honestly wanting to get you a good deal? So one of the narrowband telepathy examples, I like, I've brought this up in the show before, but we have this friend who... Many of you know um, or have heard of. His name is Danny and Brinkley, and he has a number of books out. My the first one and most famous one being Saved by the Light about his near-death experiences. And one of the stories he tells is that after uh, after he had 
he was hit by lightning and was going through recovery and was finally able to drive a car, he would sometimes drive his car to the, let's say, the parking lot of a grocery store. And he'd just sit there as people walked by. And he said the most astonishing thing that he experienced was a lot of people were just oozing the telepathic thoughts of, I hate myself, I hate myself, I hate myself. And he said it was so common that he was shocked so many people had that and that this was something that humanity was obviously working on. And, you know, just kind of secondarily to that experience he had is a lot of people sometimes will suddenly pick up the telepathy of wanting to commit suicide. And it's 99%, 99 99.99% of the time, usually not your thought, even if you have been tempted by that from time to time. But if it's something that just comes into your head out of the blue, you better watch out because it could be someone else in your circle uh, going through that and you just picking up on it. It would probably save a lot of suicide attempts if people realize that. Well, another experience I had, which was similar to what I was just talking about, but not quite, was I was in my office one day. I, I worked for this um, a painting contractor for about four years earlier in my life. And uh, there was this guy that came to work on the computer. And, and funny thing is, whenever my computer went down, this was when it was still DOS. Some of you <laughs> probably don't even know what that is. Um, but he would, it would be, he always needed money. So his energy would come in and diddle with the computers so that, you know, it had to be fixed. Well, he was on his way. And probably about three minutes before he arrived, suddenly I started having the thought, I hate myself. I hate myself. I hate myself. And at first I, I went, oh, I hate myself. Oh, oh. You know, like that. <laughs> and then I realized, wait a minute. I don't hate myself. This is not my thought. And then as he got closer and closer and came to the office, it was so loud in my head I could hardly hear what he was saying. He came. He was there for an hour or so, fixed the computer. And then... Within three or four minutes of him leaving, it faded further. Like, uh, you know, walking away from somebody who's still talking, it faded further and further away. And I realized that was completely not my thought. But this is the energy this man lives in every day. And in, in Raphael's example, this is a great example where during the whole time he was around in her field of uh, reception, uh, Raphael was hearing this in her head. I hate myself. I hate myself. And even feeling some of yep. that self-loathing kind of a feeling. And if she didn't know any better, if she didn't realize, oh, this isn't my thought. I mean, I'm, I'm not. I don't hate myself kind of a thing. Well, guess what? Notice no matter what she would have done, if she thought that was her own thought and she thought, okay, I better stop hating myself. And, and uh, I, I shouldn't be thinking like this, but the thoughts were going to continue. No matter what she did, if she thought that was something she had to solve, she could have done everything about it mentally and physically and whatnot and done some breathing exercises, whatever yeah. it is, to relax. And those thoughts would have not gone away because she can't solve them. It's not hers. This is one of the key factors that I think every need, every child, everyone needs to learn really fast is if you can't solve the, the 
the thought problem, the, the emotional problem that's going on and on and on. You got to back up from it and go, wait a minute, is this mine? Because if it's not yours, you cannot solve it. You cannot do something to it to change it. it you can't even stop it. It's just like with her example is so great because it didn't go away until he went far enough away and, and she's no, he's no longer tuned into her office or her or anything else. And then all of a sudden, like magic, like, like the way it came in, it went away. And that's, that's a, kind of a long way to figure out that, oh, yeah, that's not my thought or my feelings because you don't have any control over it. But so much of the time, I see this thousands of times a day, people trying to solve the thoughts they're picking up telepathically in their own mind as if they're trying, you know, sometimes because the thoughts are very negative and they don't want to have those thoughts, so I, I, I got to stop thinking this way, I got to stop. And they can't stop thinking about it because they're not the one thinking it. That somebody else is thinking it on and on and on and on, and they're just picking it up. So nothing they can do is going to change that, except when they realize, wait a minute, exactly like what Raphael did, realize, wait a minute, this isn't true. This isn't where I'm at. You know, this isn't what I'm thinking. This isn't what I want to think. It's not mine. <laughs> and then she realizes who the thought the constant thought was coming from and then she got into a little amusement and she goes oh okay it's his thought then it doesn't you know it's not that she didn't she stopped hearing it uh but it's it's that she didn't have to become the effect of it she didn't have to do anything about it she just left it as oh that's He's thinking, wow, he's thinking that all the time. And uh, uh, she learned a lot. So this is one of the things that's so important when you're dealing with your mental telepathy. And this is also why so many people think that if you have a, a strong mental telepathy ability, uh, it's, it's a curse because like uh, Daniel's example that Raphael mentioned of hearing everybody's thoughts, if you didn't know any better, uh, you know, for him, it was uh, kind of a source of learning and, and an almost entertainment because he knew, oh, I'm just picking up on everybody's thoughts. Wow, that's interesting. Why are people are thinking all those things? And, and that becomes, that awareness becomes very important if you're a teacher, if you're somebody who helps other people through their life challenges. Because then you, you get to recognize, oh, everybody, a lot of people have these thoughts, even if you don't. And so, so you can use it. But if you don't realize that they're not yours, ah, it can drive you nuts. And this happens quite often. So then the more positive aspect of, of broadband telepathy, for example, is is orators, speakers, teachers, you know, uh, performers, pretty much anyone on that level generally tends to somehow learn to use their broadband telepathy very well. And, and of course, those who learn to use it very well tend to be more successful because they're, they're getting into tremendous communication 
on whatever level, you know, whether it's a musician singing and whatnot and, and entertaining a, a large group of people or a, a teacher teaching something, they get into the communication with their audience, with their recipients, and people have a great experience. So that's when when you learn to use your ability correctly instead of becoming uh, thinking that the the consequences of what's happening with your ability is is a problem and trying to solve it. You cannot solve it because it's not a problem. You can't solve an ability, right? <laughs> you have an ability and you can develop an ability and you can use your ability, but you can't try to solve your ability as if it's a problem. And so, so uh, that's one of the first things to really recognize. And, and you have to validate that, oh, I'm very capable in both receiving telepathic messages as well as transmitting them. And when it's the narrow man telepathy that Raphael is talking about with somebody you know, and it's especially, say, on a practical level of, you know, get the cabbage kind of a thing, <laughs> or be careful about this, or make sure you lock the door when you leave, you know, whatever it is, or uh, parents with their children, and you telepathically tune into a thought they're having that's really dangerous or, or not a good good place to go. And if that parent could keep their cool, especially when they're far away, and communicate to that child on a telepathic level and go, hey, and just like you would if you were face-to-face, -face, and, and guide them to make a better decision, you know, <laughs> not get into that kind of a problem or whatever. And so, so a lot of things can happen on a uh, when when your telepathy you're you're clear about your telepathy you have certainty and the one thing is what do you do with all the telepathic logjam of picking up stuff well we've covered that in many different ways in many of our shows but for those of you who've heard that to uh, uh, remind you oh yeah ground yourself just let go of any of that stuff Put it into an image of a rose in your mind and, and then just put all that energy and all the thoughts in the, in the rose and then explode the whole thing in a flash of light. Let it all go. And you'll find that, oh, my head is clearer. My head is quieter. <laughs> Absolutely. And also that your telepathic channels are around your um Eyebrows. Eyebrows down in your cheeks, in sinus cavities, and around your also your teeth, above your teeth and below your teeth. So if you have pressure in those areas, it could be someone's knocking on your telepathic yeah, door. That's why so many people, what do you call this when you do this? By yeah. the bridge of their nose, they pinch it and they go, oh, uh, yeah, I got a little headache kind yeah, of a thing. Exactly. That's over, overloaded telepathy. Yes. Well, once again, we're at the end of our show. We're happy that you joined us today, and we hope you learn more ways to take care of your telepathy and keep your thinking clear and healed. Be sure to join us next Wednesday for another fun but wisdom-filled episode about trusting yourself, living by intuition. Intuition is becoming more and more of a household word, but how many people truly live by intuition day by day? That requires trusting in yourself, doesn't it? Join us and we'll have 
a fun look at what it means to trust yourself, how you can trust yourself more, and what happens when you live by intuition daily. Remember, too, to join us on Saturday, October 16th from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time for our brand new teleclass, Taking Care of Your Giving, Energy Work to Reset Your Daily Work Space, which is part of our You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think, Open to Everyone teleclass series. Check our website or call our office at 530-926-2650 for details or to sign up. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth. <laughs>